This is Tom Kedelek with the Inflatable Ferret. We had the chance to sit down with Eric Early and Marty Marquise of Blitz and Trapper in Lawrence, Kansas at the Jackpot Saloon. Yeah, when I was only 17, I could hear the angels. You guys play your previous like, stops you guys have made. Um, my buddy saw you guys play New York. Was New York at Bowery? Yeah, yeah. He said he saw you guys play the cover song, uh, The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. Yeah, we played a little bit of it, yeah. Marty does. He knows the whole song. He did two, three verses. He did three verses in a chorus. Um, it's it's an epic tune. It's kind of like Desolation Road or something. It just goes on and on and on. So. <laughs> it just keeps going. Yeah. Um, maybe someday we'll perform it in full. Have you done any other <laughs> Dylan uh, covers besides that one? I mean, besides that kind of song. Well, that's actually not a... It's a Kenny Rogers song, actually. Yeah, well, you said Desolation Road. Like, is that your title? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We've never played Destiny. That's far too long. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one knows all those words. They're lost in that. Um, no, yeah. We've never played a Dylan cover. We played Neil Young covers on occasion. Yeah. James Gang on occasion. Mm-hmm. Neil Young comes like hiccups, sort of, in the set. It's involuntary. It's like a sort of epilepsy or something. Your tour's been good so far. Like, has it been, has it been holding up? Are you guys even tired at all or anything? Yeah, we're all tired. Yeah. We've been on the road since the middle of July, more yeah. or less, with a couple of weeks at home. Yeah. Have you guys played here before? This is our third time at the Jackpot, yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask you guys about, like, um, a little bit influences that you guys have had in the past, like, earlier about, like, you say you did Neil Young covers and Dylan stuff. Is that the two main influences you guys have had in your songs and stuff, or is there anything else, like, I think big? So. I think on Fur, yeah, Fur is a lot of sort of, sort of just classic sort of... 70s rock stuff, you know. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of British rock influence too, for him, some of the hard rock stuff. But. I think I think the record before that was not bad at all, though. Like that record was much more like kind of pavement, Sonic Youth exploration kind of stuff. Okay. If you guys weren't doing this, like for your living, what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing this? I guess it's just. <laughs> I don't know. Hypothetically, I have no idea. We, we never really planned it or focused, you know, or focused on like, like we like to play music. I don't know. It's weird because this band we're touring with, Wyoke, they're really young. They're like early twenties. I mean, probably like you guys. I don't know how old you are, but just just But they and you probably already know that you want to be a music journalist and you're like, you know, figure making your contacts and getting like focusing down and doing this and. Uh, and the, a lot of the bands that we work with are the same way, but for us, when we were that age, we didn't know anything. Yeah, I was 21. I was, I was hitchhiking and drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Doing drugs. I didn't do anything. Yeah. So it's it, pretty much all we did up until yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> it kind of seems like we were destined to be doing this, because it wasn't like anything we really focused on or worked towards in any sort of rational, systematic way. It just kind of happened. Yeah, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be insane if I wasn't doing this, probably. Give her a gutter somewhere. Have you, has, uh, you played music ever since you like were young, though? Has it been around? Uh, not around? me. Although, I've been around the stage ever since I was young, because my dad was an actor, and he did musicals and stuff, so I guess I was around music that way. Um, yeah, you know, I've been on stage since I was three. Eric's been playing music since he was three. Um, four? <laughs> Since he was tiny. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, his parents were musicians, and, uh, you know, he played he played shows with his parents while his mom was pregnant with him. Yeah. 
stuff. I didn't yeah. play it, but I was there. <laughs> you were probably playing the that. around. Um, so, like, when you guys form these songs, like, how, what's kind of your formation process when you're doing them, like, uh, Eric, band members add? Eric add. writes most everything and does all the parts for the most part. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to, like, adding into it, like, when you add that? I generally arrange everything in my head before I do it, before I even record it. So it's kind of, like, set for a time, yeah. Uh, yeah, it changes live. But we've been working together so long that we kind of already know what we need to do for each thing. Like there's a there's a logic that that goes along with a song and a certain group of players performing it. And I think we've been working together so long that we all kind of know what to do for the whatever particular thing we're doing. Yeah. And Eric's got complete arrangements of this stuff to begin with. But that that helps us. What about like a a new album? Uh, have you guys thought about like ton of songs that you could potentially do it and like yeah I mean I've been recording songs since January for another record there's like 13 that are recorded that I'll probably I don't know I've kind of started heading in this new direction I'll probably keep maybe two or three of them but when I get back from Australia I'll, I'll keep recording and hopefully finish the record this year okay we're uh do you guys follow Danny Worrells at all when you guys like cause you guys are both in the same area like he was a uh, he was talking a lot, a lot about the music in like the U.S. and like he was talking a lot about the whole um, how the U.S. radio like plays just for him and he was pretty like serious about it. He was talking about how a lot of their stuff doesn't get played on the radio because <clears throat> what kind of music they play and it's like he was talking about like how a lot of stuff doesn't get played. Do you guys have anything to comment on that in relation to what he said there? I think the radio in general is kind of dumb. Most people don't listen to that as like a way of finding music. It's more just filler. I mean, You're most people like listen to it on on like satellite radio, which or, or on the internet, like, like internet radio. Yeah. yeah. Or you just surf around on iTunes and find music that way. Yeah. To me, it's uh, stations do what they want as a means of making money. Yep. But really, if you're interested in music, you'll find it through these other means that are open to us now digitally. Yeah. The exceptions might be like the NPR affiliates and the college stations and community stations around yeah. the country because those guys don't care. And they'll right. they'll take a chance and play whatever is good. You know? exactly. yeah. But they don't, you know, they're not advertising for themselves on all the. Yeah. the NPR is a big one. Like they they pushed us a lot in a lot of good ways, and, and they're definitely good at like having shows for indie bands. Um. So like. Do you change anything about any of that we're talking about? What would, is there any way you think they can be turned around? Because I think Europe is actually different than how the U.S. does things. And it's it's still better here than in Europe. Yeah. In Europe, the entire music industry is controlled by the British press. And the British press is entirely controlled by really large magazines. Um, basically, two magazines: Mojo and uh, and Q. That's the other one. Enemy. Enemy. Yeah. And all of Europe is then feeds off of what the British press does. Whereas in America, it's much more diverse. I mean, it's much more like, there's a lot more sort of grassroots stuff that's able to go on. Um, as far as recommendations for the States, I don't know. I mean, to me, the music industry is just like this creature that's slowly evolving in all these weird ways. And, and in the end, it's it's evolving in democratic ways because of the internet. You know, people choose to buy records because they like them, not because it's forced on them. 
necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. What do you do? Outlaw Taylor Swift? Or say, <laughs> say you can only play Taylor Swift once in a five-hour period on your station? I mean, in yeah. the end, the popularity of certain artists is just... It just... It, it, it illuminates our society as a whole. Like, it's no one's fault. It's just our society is really into the Jonas Brothers and, and Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift. Yeah. And why? I don't know. I hear so, yeah. It's like one thing you can pinpoint down. It's just kind of like... It's just where we live. <laughs> yeah. That's the time and place we live in. Yeah. Um, if you guys, uh, like, have anything about your future in music, like, what would you, like, one goal be for you guys, like, as a band, like, progressing by making music, like, what do you guys want to, like, do you guys have any hopes of anything? Are you guys, are you guys happy with what you're doing? Just keep on touring, keep making songs, because you guys are still spitting out tons of songs and everything is growing, but... I mean, is there, like, one goal you're looking for, like, you like hope stuff. to succeed to? Like, I want to have, like, <laughs> I want to be able to play every night at a casino. <laughs> but I want, a different to, casino I, want, every night. I want it to be an Indian casino in Portland. <laughs> and I kind of have this vision of Portland as a future indie Vegas, mm-hmm. where all of the dinosaurs of the indie scene... This is the first I've heard of this. Yeah. Well... I don't share it very often. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I just like making records, so for me, I'm already doing whatever I like to do. <laughs> you know, touring is necessary, and it's fun, but it's hard work. But it's like a necessity these days for bands to make money so that you can make records. That's just how it works. Yeah. It helps consolidate the records, too. You know? Yeah. People have all these these hopes and, and ideas and emotional uh, connections with the songs and when they go see it live with a group of other people who have a, another, you know, this whole complex of, of ideas about the music, um, something greater happens than when you're just sitting and listening to the thing in your house, you know, by yourself. So it's, I think it makes the music seem even better than it already was. Yeah. And then you'll be more excited about the next record that comes out. Seeing something live definitely is a whole different experience than hearing it over whatever you have. I mean, it's changed a lot of people's views. So, any more questions ahead? Uh, I'm good. Respect for your guys' time. Um,